Have you ever absolutely panicked after you accidentally deleted a file on your computer? I know I have. It's not an issue if you've got CrashPlan Smart Recovery. Your files are just a few clicks away and can be restored in a snap. CrashPlan provides the best cloud backup solutions in the market. Visit CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. Now you can protect all your work with an unlimited backup and recovery solution. CrashPlan makes it simple to restore some or all of your data. And with unlimited version retention, CrashPlan can be your ultimate rewind button. Get unlimited computer backup for you or your business with CrashPlan Professional. CrashPlan backs up files that live on your computer and works with PC, Mac, and Linux. Don't let data disasters slow you down. CrashPlan has your back and keeps you moving. Go to CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. That's CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year. Back up better with CrashPlan. On today's podcast, Emily and I are going to be having a bit of a discussion about what has been this year outside of business. So our personal development, things we've been focusing on in our personal lives, the things we've been doing, the books we've been reading, and how we've been trying to grow as individuals. I feel like for the first time in a long time, the goals of the business, although important, we're not the focus of where our heads were at, of where our intentions were at. And we really got back to family and the things we were really after and identifying the kind of people we wanted to be. And so I'm excited to dive in because even though this all has been happening, a lot of it's been very individual. And so I haven't necessarily shared with Emily everything that's going on in that way. Yeah. And I think that it's super important to note that I'm I'm going to pat ourselves on the back for a second and applaud us that I really feel like we were ahead of the game in tackling personal development in the sense that we didn't decide to tackle it when everything was falling apart. It was very much like preemptive measures. Like I, I know you guys hear the stories of like, you know, I was sacrificing all of these things and we were fighting and we were doing this and my marriage was about to fall apart. And I'm not obviously like if you're there and you're seeking help, like girl, you do that. But like, I was really proud of us for making this a priority when like nothing was necessarily broken. We just knew that it could be better. Right. Absolutely. And I feel like we had the time and the energy to let our business just kind of run and let it kind of see where it took us. And not that we weren't making intentional decisions there, but I feel like every second of free time was more intentional than the old lifestyle of burning yourself to the ground and then binging Netflix all weekend because you can't even think anymore. Because I've been there too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think we, you know, at the very beginning of the year, we kind of talked about this even on the show about really trying to use this year to discover what it is that we as individuals like, need, want, like at all hobbies, desires, goals. Like, what is that? So much of it, not just around the business, but had been built around like checking off those early checkboxes of life. And we talked about this before. And I talked about this with Jessica Ely. And I had a really like huge slap in the face moment one day when I said, girl, I've built the business of my dreams. I'm making more money than I ever thought I would make. I'm married. I have a kid. We've bought houses. We have cars. We're paying off debt. We're doing 
everything, quote, right and in order, and I should be absolutely bombardedly happy, but I'm not. And I think I had discovered at that time that it was because Emily truly didn't have the thing outside of the checking the boxes and the having the family, having the business, having the house, like all of those things. There was nothing for me. It was for everyone else. Well, and, and those we're trying to figure the, that out. <laughs> yeah. The checking the boxes isn't necessarily as helpful as you think it would be. And for, uh, no. <laughs> and for me, I felt like I ran out of boxes. Like all of a sudden I was like, what the heck am I even striving towards? I mean, my husband and I want a family, but kids are just not, that's not where we're, our head is at right now. And like, I want to build a house, but I don't think we're financially ready. Or I do think we're financially ready, but my husband isn't on board yet. What, whatever. Like, regardless, my boxes were straight up missing. Like I checked all of the ones I could possibly check. And I had to identify for the first time in literally maybe a decade. What, what do you want? What do I want? Mm-hmm. And that was the most, like the hardest thing I've ever done because I can write goofy things. Like I literally wrote this list, I don't know, probably a couple of months ago. And what a stupid list, but that's fine. Like it's fine that it's stupid, but I, I wrote down, I want to have a big house, a sports car, land, kids, beagles, an amazing marriage and a relationship with God. Okay. Like that's just whatever. Like I can have those things, but how is that actually helping me be a person I want to become? I didn't even know who I wanted to be. Mm-hmm. And that was really and how hard. you want to be spending time. Because I think like when we first started this business, especially we, and I feel like maybe more so me than you, but I was very adamant on, okay, I want to build the business of my dreams, but within my own hours and within my own time. I'm not working nights. I'm not staying up all night. I'm not working weekends. I'm going to be flexible. It's more, way more flexible than it used to be. Like we definitely worked our buns off, but it was still within boundaries. And so, like, I knew at that time, here's what I don't want. Here, here's what I don't want to do to get the things that I do want. But I think it's a weird, paralyzing place to be when you're willing to really do anything, but you still don't know what for. (laughs) Right. And so you're just stuck. No, for sure. And I, I remember saying to Emily over and over and over again, I don't know who I am outside of work. I don't have an identity. Like, and I got really frustrated with myself because I saw these women who were growing into these beautiful moms and like they were holding on to that. And like, I have two beagles, like, and I haven't made that leap. And do I even have to, is that something society is putting on me and all of these things. And so if I'm not a mom and I'm just married and have a job, like who am I really? And It was really hard on me because I wanted to be more, but I didn't know what that could be because I felt like society in a way had kind of put limits on the kind of woman I was supposed to become. Well, and I think, and this is just my perception of you for a second, um, but I feel like you had said 
okay, yeah, society, I will follow this. I will check this box because that's what I should do. I'll get married young. Midwest, we got married young, right? I'll buy a house young. I will do this young. I will do all of these other things. And now I feel like you're coming into being like the actual type of adult woman that you're going to continue to like shift into and say, wait a minute, like, is that actually what I want? Not like not marriage. Like I'm not saying that, but the next things, the next things that society says, you are now at a different human position to question it when for so long we had both just been riding the train of this is what we should be doing. This is what we should be doing. And now all of a sudden you're kind of putting the brakes on one of those big life things on like, is it a should or is it a want? Yeah. And I feel like so many people make it a black and white decision about, I mean, a lot of things like buying a bigger house, getting a more expensive car, having babies, like all of that. I feel like, especially where we live, yeah. like you get to a certain threshold and you're supposed to move into a big old house. Like, yep. Well, and where we live, I'm an old mom. That's so weird to me. Like I was just, I told you this a couple of months ago, but I was on a Facebook group. I can't remember which group I probably left it, but it was like, four moms or whatever. And it was in Kansas City. And I saw just the beginning of the thread say something like, hey, who here is a young mom? I'm trying to make friends. Like I need to increase my friend circle. And I would love to like meet some of you or can we get a play date together or what? And I would love to make friends. So I'm like, cool, let me look and comment on this thread. Like maybe they live near me. (laughs) So I was looking at some of the first comments and they were like, oh, sweet. I'm 22. Oh, I'm 20. Oh, I'm 23. And I like sat back and I was like, oh shit, I'm not like I am significantly older than that. I am I not a young mom? Like, is that not the category that I fit into? That's super weird. Well, and not <laughs> only is it weird because like literally in other parts of the same country, you yep. are a very young mom. Yes. I have gone to two events this year where I have been the youngest mom at the event. And so it's just, it, it, it's geographical. That's a Midwest thing. Like if you're not from the Midwest, maybe you don't get what the weirdness that I'm saying, but it was super weird for me. And I knew, I knew that would be part of my life because A, because of fertility issues, right? But I, even without fertility issues, I was already deciding to break the mold of what my family had been doing of like, getting pregnant at 18, 19, like unwed or wed and then divorce. I wanted to not follow that path that so many of my cousins and aunts and family members have done. And I was the, I was the first person to go to college. So that was already like going to make that happen anyways. So it's already being intentional about it. So I knew, and it was a decision, like as weird as some of this might sound to you, I just like, I had to sit there and have a conversation with myself do I want to be a young mom like my mom was and have a baby at 20? Because my mom and I have a, an awesome relationship that is truly like only the type that it is because she was so young. Or do I want to make a different decision knowing that I might have a similar but yet different relationship than that? And guys, I sat there and thought, maybe I want to have a baby at 20. And then, you, But I said, nah. Well, I don't know <laughs> if you said nah or your uterus said nah, but... 
<laughs> well, if I if I had gotten pregnant, it would have just like, yes, I would have been a mom. Like it would have all worked out that way. But yeah, my uterus was like, bitch, please. <laughs> nah. nah. <laughs> well, I'm going to make this decision for you. <laughs> and I feel like for me, at least, like the next kind of big pivotal moment this year was when Jessica Ely came to town and she had a workshop and I didn't even get to stay for the whole thing, but we talked about these four quadrants that people put themselves in very unknowingly. And they're called flight, fight, freeze, and freedom. And Emily and I both really mm-hmm. guess guess guys guess <laughs> really identified with fight which is where you check all of the boxes and we were running out of boxes hence the feeling uncomfortable and i think we were trying to move into the sense of ownership that comes with freeze and freedom but it was so weird because we had been in this phase of life for so long and all of a sudden like i became aware that maybe for the first time ever, getting things done for the sake of getting things done wasn't necessary. Well, and that's a hard concept to A, even say as that type of human being, as a check boxer, a box checker, (laughs) but also like to retrain your brain because really think about it. We had been, and you could go back even further, but even the small window We have been checking societal boxes in our own goal boxes since we were 15, 16 years old when we had our first job, period. You can definitely go way back because we were taking care of parents and there were other things like way leading to that. But in our own identity, in our own boxes, they first got started getting checked at 15, 16 years old. So the awakening not coming until we were 28, that's a long time. That's a long time. Yeah. And 12 years of checking boxes. Well, and then all of a sudden you question, you start questioning everything. Like, was I checking them for the sake of checking them and not because I actually wanted them and yeah, feeling guilty about that and all of these things. And been there, (laughs) done that. (laughs) But the thing that I think really like stuck and struck a chord with me was when I was reading this book and it was recommended to me after we recorded an episode a couple months ago. And someone was like, you need to read Mast and Kip's Claim Your Power. And I was like, okay. But this is the reason I bought the book. The subtitle is A 40-Day Journey to Dissolve the Hidden Blocks that Keep You Stuck and Finally Thrive in Your Life's Unique Purpose. And I was like, sexy. oh my God, like this is a, a, exactly what I've been looking for because maybe it has answers. But what they don't tell you on the book cover is you have to do the searching. They just ask the really thought-provoking It, it will wreck oh, you. Yeah. <laughs> I like... The first seven days, I like dissolved into a puddle of emotional disaster, like, because I revealed all of these things about myself to myself that I knew deep down, but had spent so much time covering up in many years of therapy, convincing myself that I was over when in fact I Mm -hmm. was not. And yeah, 
I think they... Oh, yeah. I, I will just point out our ability to lie to therapists. And when I say our, I mean me and Abby's ability to lie to therapists is like a week could join like the CIA with that. Oh, skill. yeah. Don't even play. All my therapists think I'm oh, great. Oh, yeah. A hundred percent. And I am jacked up. <laughs> no, day five. He asked, what beliefs about myself and my life have created these emotions? And the emotions he's referring to are like how I'm feeling. Because you had to like, write down all these negative emotions. And like I wrote words like I feel heavy in my chest. I feel numb in my limbs. I feel swirly in my head. I feel my heart racing, my head spinning, fire in my belly. I have a headache. My body is in pain. Like, holy shit, lots of emotions. That was just like a tip of the iceberg. But what are my beliefs about that? Yeah, I am so mean to myself, guys. And you probably are too. But seriously, when when I say you are too, I mean, listeners, I know Emily is. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> Mine is definitely more internal. Yours is external. I literally also. say these like things. you have internalized. Yes, you internalize your meanness to yourself, which obviously, like, I wouldn't know what you're saying to yourself. But you'll say, like, outwardly, I'm like, I'm the shit, and inside, I'm like saying other things to myself. But yours is inside yeah. and outside. So I, after I did this list, I kind of told you, and I told Madeline, my best friend, about it, and all this stuff, and I remember. I was just like getting ready one day and I literally said out loud, I'm a bad wife and I suck like within 10 seconds of each other. And like, normally I wouldn't have even noticed, like I would have just like brushed by it and moved on. But I was like, what? Well, and what ha it's so funny, like the domino reaction of stuff like that. Cause I was at your house when you said that and I don't even know what the question was, but like Jared had come in and just been like, did you empty the dishwasher or something like that? Like it was an innocent, non-threatening question. It was conversation. Everything was fine. And you're like, oh crap, I forgot. Sorry, I'm a bad wife and I suck. And then like you looked at me and I looked at you like, bitch, calm down to yourself. Like you need to apologize to yourself. But it's funny because it's like, A, when we don't realize we're doing that, we're not only reiterating it that as truth to ourselves. But we're reiterating as truth to other people who might not even think that until we continue to reiterate it. So it's like, oh, you have a conflict in your marriage. Well, does he think you're a bad wife because you keep calling yourself a bad wife? Let's fix that. So I think the awareness was definitely the first stage for me. And the awareness was for sure the hardest because most. Yeah. Oh, well, for Welcome to the club. <laughs> I, I, you know, and like I said, I've been through an awareness phase before and then convinced myself I was over it. Now I'm aware enough to know that I'm not over it and I probably won't be for who knows how long. But how can I move through the like, what is it, the seven stages of grief to like get to acceptance? <laughs> and I feel like something that was helpful in accepting myself was realizing where the power lied. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. And so mm -hmm. I kept going back to the question, like, who am I outside of business? Who am I? Like, what am, what am I? Whatever. I remember 
thinking and like, I don't know why it finally sunk in, but it was like, I am who I am right this second, but I have the power Mm -hmm. to change that whenever I want. Every second. And I was like, oh shit. Oh, all right. (laughs) But you can grow into someone you want to become, but you have to give up who you are now to do that. And so it was like really awakening, but also empowering because all of a sudden I could identify where do I want to go? And even if it was not solid, at least like the qualities of the kind of person I want to be, even if I don't have like a true path of what I'm going to do over the next 10 years, like, Right, which I like. (laughs) Who who do I want to be during that time? Do I want to be selfless? Do I want to be giving? Do I, you know, like whatever, all of these things, like going through that and really deciding. Yeah. Yeah. What other books are you going to recommend? So that's one that I still haven't got through the whole thing because it is like, I bet it's heavy. It's a lot. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of reflection. It is not a book you pick up and read. It is a book you take in and like journal about and all of the things. I've also been listening to Brendan Burchard. And I don't know if you know this, but he put his, his entire book on his podcast for free. So it's High Performance Habits. So I've been listening to his book on his podcast for free. And it talks about like the six habits high performers have. And then the other one I just picked up and I haven't read it yet, but it keeps like, it's like staring at me like, read me now, is the 15 Invaluable Laws of Growth by John Maxwell. And like, this is the first time in a long time that my reading list although it's still in the self-help category is not self-help business. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's self-help, like get your shit together, personal shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Want to learn exactly step-by-step how to get paid to generate leads in your business? I've kept these details to myself for far too long. I'm ready to spill everything and give you the exact steps that help me generate tens of thousands of qualified leads and millions in low-ticket digital product sales. I won't just show you what I did, but teach you how you can do it too. I'm talking not just how to create low-ticket digital products, but also showing you how to use them strategically to generate leads for your other existing or future offers. I'm sharing it all at bossproject.com slash jumpstart, including exactly how I made $8,033 and generated 277 leads my very first month selling digital products. Find out more at bossproject.com slash jumpstart. When it comes to hiring, don't go searching for the one. Just meet your match with Indeed. Get unparalleled access to job seekers with over 350 million unique monthly visitors globally, according to Indeed data, and an extended reach through Glassdoor. I love that Indeed makes it easy to hire because I'm busy enough already. When we've hired in the past, the process was full of unqualified applicants. With Indeed, we can target the right candidates for the right position. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. 
In the minute I've been talking to you, 23 hires were made on Indeed, according to Indeed data worldwide. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Just go to Indeed.com slash strategy hour right now and support our show by seeing you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Money issues are a common stressor in any relationship. Monarch Money is the top-rated personal finance app that can get you and your partner on the same page without any extra cost. Monarch has built-in collaboration features, so together you can see your finances, budget, and get insights on your cash flow. It's the easiest way to manage any household finances. I've tried other finance apps in the past, and they didn't work the way I wanted them to. I don't want to stress over finances. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, set goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com strategy. Monarch has a tool that allows you to easily import your data from Mint and keep all of your tags and categories. Monarch's simple, intuitive design makes it so easy to get set up, customize, and use. Monarch prioritizes my privacy, and they'll never sell my data to third parties. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com strategy. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash strategy for your extended 30-day free trial. I found it interesting when I truly kind of started diving deep into like, okay, well, who do I want to be and how do I want to change and asking myself all of those questions. And I, I saw the books that you were ordering. We share the same Amazon account. And I was like, should I like go through that same process? And I kind of felt like I want to, and I want to read those books and go through that particular personal development. But I think I had felt for so long and my roadblock was that I would, if I went down the path of reading the books and doing that particular type of self-help, that I was only changing like my personal scenario and my personal self instead of my like outside environment. And I feel like my outside environment, meaning like our finances and our budgeting and my relationship around money and like how my husband and I talk about money together, like that that had to change first before I could decide to dive deeper into myself. So I tackled budgeting first and you guys have heard a couple of conversations of this by now, by the time that this episode is airing. And there was a couple episodes ago where we talked about debt-free millennials and, and her strategies around budgeting and all of that stuff. Justine is amazing. And I was in that episode really jazzed about, okay, I need to tackle this. This is something that we need to figure out. I've been saying I want to do it, but I need to figure out the system. And she kind of unlocked a couple key, like different ways of thinking about it that really helped me. And you'll hear more about it in that episode or you did. But I think what I had to realize before even tackling it, and I'll, I'll let you know the systems that I use now, is that for the longest time, I was really relying on my partner to make that change in the exact way that I wanted it to be made for me. I wanted him to be leading the conversations, him talking about it, but only in a specific way. Like he couldn't do it this way. He had to do it that way. And I think I finally had to let go that like, okay, well, if I'm wanting it in a super particular way, I need to actually be the one that's doing that. 
And maybe the reason why we haven't moved past the like brick wall that we keep hitting is because I'm truly, I was wanting to play such an ignorant role, but while like given all of the information delivered in an exact certain way that I wanted it to be delivered in, but where I didn't have any responsibility. Well, and I think there's a reason for that. And we've we've talked about it a little bit. And the fact that you and I, as bizarre it is, are like so involved on the day-to-day on the business side that in our personal lives, for whatever reason, as shocking as it might sound to you all, we take a back seat in our marriage a lot and like let them make decisions for us. And I, well, I think you do. I want yeah. to, and that was still not my yeah, reality. Yeah, 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 exactly. So what I had to come to terms with even recognizing, like I didn't even realize that I was literally having decision fatigue, that I was like playing boss so hard all day that when like I was off work and at home, I was still had the boss of the home hat on, which a lot of women do and especially a lot of mothers do. But we don't realize that that's, it's not the issue that you're the boss in both places. It's that like, it's exhausting. The, the support, uh, it's exhausting. Like the support of that decision making isn't there. But if we don't know how to say that to our partner, like it's not going to go over well, like at well, all. Like Brian, I don't think he has a problem stepping up for you. I think he just doesn't always know that you need it. Well, he doesn't always know that I need it. And I mean, he truly just loves being told what to do. Like, what's the plan? What's happening? How are you steering the ship? And I'm on board with it. And what I thought, especially around budgeting and finances, that he wouldn't want me to steer that ship. I thought, no, that's his ship. He's steering it, but I don't like the way that he's steering it. So every time we have a conversation about it, it's an argument, but I don't think he's going to want me to steer it. And I don't want to steer it. You know, it's just this like weird circle of everything, right? I had to come to terms that like, I can't play that blissful ignorance card anymore about our finances. I I mean, guys, it's embarrassing now that I say this. Like, I didn't know how much our mortgage was. I didn't know how much Brian made. I didn't know what our bills cost. Like, I didn't know what, I didn't know anything at all. And so whenever we would have conversations about like tightening the purse strings or saving for this or doing that, I got super defensive because I didn't know what was going out the door and I was only hearing like what we can't do. And so I put on my big girl panties and this was literally just the Monday of this week. So it's only been for three days. So calm down, everybody. But I spent an entire day opening up our checking, our credit card accounts, our student loan debts, our every account we have everywhere and learning about all the things. How much does this bill? Do we have this bill? What, how much goes over here? All of that stuff. And I, we had been using mint for a while. You guys are familiar with that mint.com. It's the budgeting software or whatever. And Brian had set that up like many years ago and it was just a hot mess. Like it had old accounts on it, new accounts. It had our business credit card somehow linked on there. So there was like a whole bunch of Facebook charges and it was just throwing everything off. And Mint is notoriously, notoriously bad at syncing properly. And so it doesn't give like it may or may not be true data. And if you're anything like me and how I think about money If you can use 
an excuse like, well, it may or may not be true data. So we probably have more money than it says. So we can spend it here. It's fine. If you don't actually know, you're going to go on the side of like spending it. Right. So I needed something that even if it took me more time, even if I had to manually input stuff, even if I had to start from scratch on a new system, I was going to know that it was right and it was accurate. So I looked at two systems that day. I looked at you need a budget and it's like YNAB, YNAB.com. And then I looked at every dollar and every dollar, it's it's the same concept. It's backed and built by Dave Ramsey and his business. So it's on the a lot of the same principles as Financial Peace University, which we've talked about a few times here, which Abby and I have both gone through. And so I actually started with YNAB because it's really pretty. And there's a free version. There's a paid version. You can do the free trial. And I've heard it a lot on like podcast advertisements and stuff. So I was like, okay, th- this might be where like people like me, you know, go and I'm going to like it. And I'd set it up and it was fine, but it does a lot of the similar stuff that Mint does. So it does budgeting plus forecasting, plus investment tracking, plus this. And as silly as it sounds, I truly just wanted a system that did budgeting and nothing else. I don't want forecasting. I don't want big picture trends. I don't want, I don't want anything. I don't want anything like that. I literally just want to know where is our spending income and outcome? How is all of that working? And so I started switching everything over to every dollar and I freaking love it. So I did choose to do the paid versions like 80 bucks a year or $8.99 a month or something like that. But it syncs with your checking or, or any of your bank accounts. So just like any of the other platforms, but you could stay with a free version if you wanted to manually input your transactions. And actually my dad, who's been on every dollar for a couple years now, does the free version because he likes to manually input everything because then you for sure know it's 100% accurate. There's no duplicates. There's no whatever. But maybe we can downgrade in future months or years. But we use our cards a lot and for a lot of little things. And my dad and stepmom, like they eat out way less than we do. And they don't have as many subscriptions as we do. So their charges are really few and far between. And so it's a lot easier for them. It takes them way less time. For us, it would kind of be a headache. But maybe in the future, when we're spending less on little stuff like that, it won't be. So I'll keep you updated on that. Uh, But the main concept of every dollar is to end every single month at zero. So you have your expected income, your planned spending, and your actual income and your actual spending. And those things should even each other out. So what you budget for, you don't go over and you don't go under. Every single dollar has a purpose and is accounted for. savings and and like investing. Including savings. Yes. So what you want to spend on eating out is accounted for. What you spend on your retirement is accounted for. What you pay for your mortgage, what ev- like every single thing has a purpose. And so I went through and I categorized all of our... Because I started on like the 7th of May. So I categorized all of our May transactions that had already happened. I did that manually so I could kind of organize our categories. But what they also have that's super cool is a debt category. So the Dave Ramsey method, as some of you are probably familiar with, is called debt snowball. You pay off your smallest debts first, regardless of interest. And you snowball that into your bigger debts. Sorry, guys. And you end up with everything paid off, right? That's the dream. And so... 
they it's organized in a way that is like in connection with that type of philosophy. So if you're doing that debt snowball for your debts, it's set up in a way that's going to like actually make sense for you to visually see that progress every single month. So I I I was like texting Brian all day because he was at work, and I was like, "What's the password for this? And what's it's the password like, for that?" And he was like, doing? "What are you doing?" <laughs> yeah, he called me, and he was like, "What is happening?" And so I, I was like, "Well, I'm setting up a budget." Oh, so this is so funny. So I was like, "Don't worry, I'm like setting up a budget. I'm doing this." Blah blah blah. So he comes home at lunch. He never comes home at lunch. He comes home at lunch. Our daughter's napping. I have the laptop. I have calculator and paper. And I'm like doing all this stuff. I'm making a plan of action to pay off our student loans. I'm inputting information. And he's like, what are you doing? Like, I'm like, I'm like on my 17th cup of coffee. I'm like doing it. Just so you know, this is not Emily. Like, like, if you you had met Emily when I met Emily, you'd be like, this is nothing she will ever do ever. No. Nope. And so literally he walks in the door and I said, oh, hey, this transaction right here, I'm confused about what this is. Do you know what it's for? And he's like, yeah, it's for any answer. Like, he's like, it's for this. And so I'm like, okay, category this and this and that and over here. And he's like, so what are, why are you doing this? So I explained to him what you guys know, like we're, we have the same goals, but we're getting there differently. And I don't like that we argue about it every time. So we're going to have a monthly standing date and I'm totally stealing Justine's method. And I called it beers and budgeting. It's on the fourth Wednesday of every single month. Our daughter is at our, uh, her grandparents. We're getting a beer and we're reconciling the budget and we're not judging each other. It's just going to be a fact and we're going to compromise and we're going to be more intentional about paying off our student loans, but we're also going to invest. We're going to do this over here. We're going to do that all for the purpose of X, Y, like I just spilled everything. And he was like, okay, so you're not budgeting to divorce me? (laughs) And I said, no, you idiot. (laughs) So he literally was like, oh shit, she's getting her ducks in a row because she's about to leave me. I was like, no, 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 calm I'm, down. I'm literally not at all surprised that that was what he thought. Because no. if, if no. you, like, I can only imagine the thoughts that were going through his head. Because he's like, I need to go home at lunch. If a bag is packed, this is scary. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's just so outside of your normal. But it's so interesting. I, I, I feeling like a proud mama a little bit because I feel like I've rubbed off on you. Oh, you 100% had a giant effect on this. <laughs> Which, well, so it's funny is later that night, he texted me, he was at work, he went back to work and he was like, oh, hey, I forgot to tell you, I'm not going to be home for dinner. My boss's boss is in town and he's taking us to this restaurant, blah, blah, blah. And I said, cool, I hope he's paying because you don't have much left in your restaurant budget. <laughs> And I was like, oh, I can't be that annoying person every time. I'll, I'll let it slide this time. But there's a phone app so you can check your progress of where you are in your budget. But I think I'm I'm quite literally like obsessed now with budgeting. Yeah, I because it's a box yeah. to check. And that's how like that's how the platform is set up where it's like you plan to spend, you know, $200 going out to eat this month. And, th- and and then it says your actual spend in the column right next to it. So you're literally just like, okay, like that's paid. Check that box. Or this is we have $50 left. Check that box. What It just feels so rewarding. <laughs> I find it so interesting. And I feel like all of this is like 
bled into each other and it's been based on people we've met and conversations we've had and getting over our shit and all of this. And I think people forget, like, I don't know if you guys remember, but Emily and I also started our own businesses last year as an attempt to be individuals. Which I have some exciting news about mine, by the way. Tell me more. So, you know, the gallery that my mom is helping set up uh, in Sedalia. Are you going to have your art hanging in Sedalia? They invited me. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) So their grand opening is on June 1st. Anyone who's listening, if you live in Sedalia, Missouri, (laughs) you should should go to this gallery. It it is in a super small town. It's about an hour, 20 minutes away. Um, But it's a really cute downtown area that they are revitalizing. Sedalia does have a Starbucks, so it's not like a hick town. It's got a Starbucks at least. And it's a really, really super cute gallery. There's a lot of amazing artists in there. They're going to do like pop-up artists. They're going to do First Fridays. It's really, really incredible. And my stuff's going to be there on June 1st. So how have online stuff gone? Have you even been like, how's Etsy going and all of that? So I actually am not, I mean, I still have my Etsy shop, but nothing's on there anymore. I've had like, I've had sales through there, like no big deal. I actually like a lot of people that I didn't know at all. And I've mailed stuff. You'd be surprised that I actually did mail stuff, but I did move stuff over to Squarespace because it's prettier and I just didn't want to deal with Etsy really anymore. But I am, it is my new goal for this month, which is super funny because I just talked to my mom yesterday or the day before and said, we're going to be like doing summer Fridays for TCC work, which means uh, we're not going to be working very much on Fridays. And so I'm going to be using that day to do active reach out to like do a West Elm pop up or like get my stuff into like a couple of cute shops in Park Place or whatever. I said, I really just want to have my stuff like in some places and the next day, uh, the gallery reached out. So on to something. Woot. Not that your mom had anything <laughs> to do with that. Well, she actually did it really? because, okay, here's what's funny. And I only say this because I know the they will never listen to this episode. So the, the founder of the gallery, I'm not going to do the whole weird family tree, but it's my mom's stepsister. Let's just say that. All right. And she's an artist. She's an amazing artist. She does a lot of like like real life, like it's horses or people or dogs or whatever, like so amazing. She's so talented. So she got an opportunity to have this space and she wanted to obviously have a place to showcase her work, but other artists in the area and truly have like an art collective. It's called the design collective gallery and have other artists and it just be this really cool artist community. Right. Well, so before that was actually an opportunity, the gallery was not even a thing. I, her son, which is a step cousin of mine, I guess, is a, like a craftsman and he makes amazing woodwork stuff. And so I, I had him do some frames, which you guys have seen on Instagram. And so we went down to Sedalia. We hadn't seen her in a while. I took some art down there and I had it like in these sleeves. And, and I, as soon as I brought it in, I put it in a safe place so it wouldn't get like dirty or whatever. So my cousin could get it, frame it, blah, blah, blah. So she hadn't seen any of my stuff. And so at some point, her and her husband start talking about how much they hate abstract paintings (laughs) and how they don't get when you just splash some blue on a painting and move it around and how you can call it art. If you haven't seen Emily's paintings, that's literally what they are. 
Yep. And so I'm just sitting there silent, like, you know, no big deal. It's their house. I'm not going to say much. They, I mean, it's like a 20 minute rant about abstract painting, how it's awful. It's like not art. It's just like all this bullshit, right? And <laughs> if you can't, if you don't look at it and know like what it is, then like, why is it called art? And so we leave and like, I talked to mom about it, how like, that was pretty rude, but like, whatever, like best of luck to them. Everyone has their different taste. And so my paintings are still there because my cousin has to frame them, right? And sure enough, she sees them at some point because they're in her house. And so I'm sure she has this weird like, oh, God, I just said all this shit about abstract painting. And here they are sitting in my house. So he frames them. They're beautiful. I post them, blah, blah, blah. Well, so my mom was down there like last week or something. And her stepsister was... I don't know if she brought up that same conversation or not, because this is my mom's version of the story back to me. But she was like, yeah, Stephanie was like looking at your Instagram and brought up like a couple of the most recent paintings that you put on. And she told me, she goes, oh, she did reference the conversation because she goes, I know I said some bullshit about abstract painting, but there's something about Emily's stuff. Like I just look at it and it makes me feel something. And mom goes, that's the point of abstract painting, you idiot. <laughs> She goes, listen, when people look at your stuff, they see their beloved dog that they commissioned you to do it. And they feel all these things about their dog. But when you look at abstract painting, some of it's not going to make you feel anything. And some of it's going to make you feel something and you don't necessarily know why. And that's what art is. And so it was just super funny how that whole conversation came full circle. And now my ugly abstract art is going to be in her gallery. <laughs> well, her stuff is beautiful, but I will say you will... There are very few realistic things that end up in my house. Oh, a thousand percent. Yeah. yeah. I have my dogs painted in watercolor and that might be it. I guess, do I have some vegetables? I don't know. Who knows? <laughs> do I have some vegetables? I think I might have some vegetables in my dining room. <laughs> anyway, uh, nonetheless, just to give you a side update on the oily side of things. Yeah. I... I'm like excited, but like overwhelmed at the same time. So I was like running full speed ahead in December, like running. And I hit a new rank and it was amazing and it was so fulfilling. And then like with my identity crisis, like this shit got put on the back burner. And it wasn't that I was like giving up or like, that wasn't going to happen. It was just not as active. No. Well, and I think you were doing what you should be doing is saying, "It was this a choice? Is this a choice or is this a should I do it? Is this a want? Is this how I want to be spending my time? Or do I feel like this is just a hobby I'm pursuing to keep me busy or whatever? Right. And so I definitely like slowed down quite a bit. But then I think I finally like came to terms with that it's actually something I'm really passionate about and actually something I really want to do. And it is another job. And so I have to be careful with that because I wanted it to be like chill and like <laughs> something I'm ex excited about, but it's another business period. End of story. Yeah. hundred percent. And so I have to be like intentional with how I balance things, but I really am excited and have joined a mastermind specific to growing that I've joined a like membership community. Like I have never paid for a membership 
Yeah. Like personally. So I'm in a membership and I'm going to convention in June and I'm just feeling this new energy around it and I'm really excited. And so I'm hoping to get some people running alongside me. But it's been fun because the community is growing and I feel like there's a new energy coming with it. And so... Yeah. So let's do a soft plug. If you want to go buy a painting, go to emilysays.com slash shop, or hopefully you can check out your Kansas City West Elm here soon or a couple different Kansas City shops. But for sure, if you're in or near Sedalia in June, (laughs) be sure to stop by Design Collective Gallery. Well, And if you want to hang out with me, Instagram, go to instagram.com slash Abigail says my name is spelled really funky. So if you can't find it, Go over to Think Creative Collective, click the highlights. I'm there. Emily is there. And then if you're interested in essential oils, reach out to me. I actually do personally message people back. Yep. And definitely join my Facebook community. You can go to simplyhomekc.com slash community and get in there and we'll chat. And I'm excited because it's growing and all the things. So it's been a whirlwind of foreign months and some change, but I'm excited for the rest of the year. Yeah. It's been some some updates on ourselves and I think a lot of progress, truly. So I think it's interesting for you guys to be following along this journey. So stay tuned for hopefully even more epic developments. Looking to elevate your brand without the headache? Join the co-op, our creative template shop membership. With thousands of easy to customize templates, all crafted to seamlessly fit your business aesthetics. We make nurturing leads and driving sales effortless. We're talking serious impact and seriously simple creation. Become a member now at creativeshopcoop.com and transform your business today. That's creativeshopcoop.com. Hey, a few quick favors before you leave. I'd love if you'd share today's episode, send it to a friend who needs to hear it and post on social. You can show us where you're listening from, your favorite takeaway, or why someone else should listen. Be sure to tag me at Abigail Says and at Boss Project so we can share it. Okay, second favor. To get podcast updates and all the behind-the-scenes news from Boss Project, I'd love if you'd join my VIP list. Just head to bossproject.com slash sign up to make sure I have all your contact details. Really love this show? It would mean so much to me if you'd leave a rating and review. It not only helps more listeners find the show but allows us to bring on quality sponsors so we can keep bringing you this valuable content for free. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time.